I'm pressing record. 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 So I think it'll work out because I usually swap you. So your face is on the right in the thing. So if I look this way, yeah, uh, I will be looking towards you in the video. So I won't just be looking at my computer screen. Well, see, See? gotcha. So normally you ignore me. (laughs) <laughs> but now you'll just be looking at me. I will be looking at you directly. I, I am off. Is that stage right? Is that stage right? Is that God. where we're going? I, I used to know all of that stuff because I, of course, <laughs> yes. I was a theater kid. Um, but I was always I think it's actual orchestra. right stage left is, is what we're looking at. God damn it. Um, so if, if the microphone yeah. cuts out, let me know because it's um, battery powered. Oh, always a good idea. And I don't know if it's charged. Hmm. We cool. could we could pause and I could plug it hard in. Do you want to pause it and and put it hard in? I'll I'll plug hard in. Vamp for a while. Vamp for a while. Vamp, vamp for a while. I will cut this, but I might not cut this. So we'll see. You might not. We'll, we'll see how good not, your vamping he's is. <laughs> he's not going to cut this. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you because I am one half of your host of the fucking Do It Cast, part of the Hard Knock Media Podcasting Network. That is NOC, as in Nerds of Color. Now, normally, my friend, my co-host, my compatriot, Jamie fucking Noguchi, will put it both at the top and the bottom of the screen. So, when you see us, you will see the Hard Knock Media Podcasting link. You can also find other shows on there. Featuring all sorts of things about hot takes on media and all sorts of things that are happening around. And uh, you get a perspective. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. I just realized uh, we yeah. plugged in this microphone so we wouldn't have to work off the microphone on the camera. So it doesn't so, matter if the camera. So I, vamped, <laughs> so I vamped for nothing. Yeah. I mean, you could have spent the next the, the last five minutes calling me a fucking shithead and I wouldn't know. No, so. ironically, Jamie Noguchi, what I actually did was I introduced everybody to the fucking Do It cast oh, and reminded nice. them that we are part of the Hard Knock Media Podcasting Network that is nice. NOC as in Nerds, Nerds of, of color, color. And that you normally, and everyone's hearing this for the second time, so I do apologize, except for Jamie Noguchi, but frankly, I'm doing this for an audience of ones that I don't give a fuck. You, you will normally see it thanks to the kindness of a one Jamie motherfucking Noguchi at both the top and the bottom of your podcasting screen. If you happen to find us on any sort of video podcasting service, as in Facebook or Twitter, wherever the fuck you ended up finding <laughs> us, you can yeah. also find us in an audio format, which is the preferred way to hear us because then you don't have to stare at this fucking face. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Seriously, Jamie has to do it so that you don't have to. You can search the fucking do it cast on all of your podcasting media services. Just type fucking do it cast or hard knock media or NOC mm-hmm. into your search bar and you mm-hmm. will find us and the other shows on the hard knock media podcasting network. Woo-hoo. So Jamie, Brandon. motherfucking Noguchi, Brandon. every week because now we're all stuck at home. <laughs> We've been yeah. asking the question, what are you geeking about? What, what are you geeking and, on? Upon and what normally, I, I would have an interesting thing, but genuinely, the highlight 
of my week thus far. Other than, admittedly, getting a, a video chat from, from you and the family, which is a, a daily delight, and I do genuinely appreciate that. Aww. I cut the grass today, Jamie. Oh, man. Oh, I man. cut that grass. I oh, man. cut that grass. Kids, now I understand. There's a lot of anger out there. And if you watched last week tonight, you watched about the people who were unemployed and the essential employees and everything else like that. And I'm yeah. aware that I am I'm making a contradictory statement. So I'm assuming at some point along the way, you'll end up looking for some things that aren't essential. So I would ask that instead of ordering from Amazon, you would order from FedEx and UPS. And this is a fucked up thing for me to say, but genuinely, we're all stuck at home. And at this point now, when you look out the window, what you see is your home. Everyone is Simba Mufasa. Everyone. Like, yeah, yeah. like just, yeah, you have to lean in behind the head of your pet and or your significant other and hit them with that Mufasa. Everything that you see. Everything the light touches is your home. Yeah. And then you have to stare off into the distance and then you, your significant other goes, what about that other place over there? That's the dark place. We don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Social contract. Social contracts. Social contracts. Yeah. yeah. On, now, what we realize is that going to the dark place is actually really rad because that's where Jeremy Irons and musical theater live. <laughs> and really what Mufasa yeah. is trying to keep you from doing is enjoying all of the things that musical theater brings. So you want to completely not listen to him and you want to head right for that dark place that aside you're going to find yourself looking at the window and you're going to start looking at your grass and you're going to go oh god now i gotta drag the mower out and i gotta yeah. gas the thing up i gotta go to the gas station now to go get gas i gotta be possibly near people i gotta haul it back in that jug i gotta fill that little stop it genuinely look do what I did, do what Jamie did. A lot of other people have been doing this. It's a bit of a green movement. Buy yourself an old style real mower, R-E-E-L, push mower. Push mower. Just like your grandparents had or maybe your great-grandparents, depending on what generation you are. But it's healthier for your lawn. It's really good exercise. And it'll get you out. And you can be able to actually put a pair of headphones in. You don't need fancy noise-canceling ones or anything. And you can actually just go out and cut your grass. Like, listen to a podcast like the fucking Do It cast. Yes. <laughs> your favorite jams. Put on those albums. Now's the time, kids, to go deep diving. I saw an article about this, Jamie, something I think you and I would both appreciate, and I think we should tear into this at some point along the way in a future podcast. Comfort food albums. Ah, yeah. The idea that there, there are albums that you listen to usually when you were anywhere between the age of, let's say, 17 and 24 mm -hmm. that were your go-tos and still now are kind of your go-tos. That sounds like a great idea. I, yeah. I, I had a different topic for today, but we can, mine was a lot less fun. So we can no, no, no. Let's, let's dig into your topic. Cause I, I think I want a little bit of preparation for that. Cause I don't want to just off the top of my head be like, I think I kind of like this. One. Like that's the sort of thing that if you're going to make a recommendation to other people, music's incredibly subject, uh, subjective. And I don't yeah. want anyone to be like, yeah. Ew, you like this? if I genuinely do my research and I feel confident about this and I put my opinion out there and still someone's like, Oh God, really cool. I'll own that. 
but I'd like a little bit of preparation for that. Right. But Should we do? We could do that for next week. Like our top. I, I 10, think we do that for next week. Our top yeah, ten or yeah. top five or. I, I think top five comfort food albums. Okay. Like, and and I would also take that if if it is an artist that you'd like to throw out because we're in the new age of music in the sense that albums don't necessarily matter that much at this point. Now it's, it's about the entirety the body of, of work of an artist. But if you have an album specifically that you like to listen to front and back, what have you, um, now's the time to be able to tear into those things. Oh, a yeah. lot of people are fighting a lot of depression right now. They're fighting a lot of loneliness. They're, they're having a lot of isolation. And even if you are in a home with your loved ones, you're still having a lot of trouble kind of getting used to the new normal, whether yeah. you're working from home, whether God yeah. forbid you're like me and you're not working at all at the moment. It, it, look, man, I'm not going to tiptoe around it. It's a tough situation. Like I, like I've said before, I hold no ill will toward anybody. We're all staying home. We're all staying safe. We're all going to try and make sure that this is better. And I'm doing my part by not going out and taking some sh- some job that I don't necessarily need and overexposing anybody. There are people mm-hmm. who are genuinely in a rougher spot than myself who need that kind of work to be able to make ends meet, and they need to take those jobs. I'm not going to take that from somebody else either. Yeah. Um, so, but in turn... I'm finding myself going back to some albums and just being like, cool, this reminded me of another hard time in my life or this reminded me of a good time in my life. And I use this as a way to kind of get through everything. So now's the time to take some random activities, go out, go for a walk, go get a real mower, order it from Lowe's. Hell, yeah, 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 yeah. check Check to see if there's anybody selling things on Facebook Marketplace where you can Venmo somebody some money. You go over to somebody's house, have them leave it out on the lawn, Clorox, wipe that thing down, and give somebody 50 bucks that might really need a lot more than you do if you have the ability to. Mm-hmm. And go out and get some exercise. Do your lawn upright. Like, Now's the time to really kind of clean the house a bit, work on some projects and stuff. You know, my, my girlfriend and I are moving in together. We're, we're having to combine two houses. So it's yeah. a huge undertaking right now of like what stays, what goes, what doesn't, what, what's rearranging. So we've been filling the days, but it's been really frustrating in the sense of like, I feel like I should be working and I'm doing this instead. And yeah. instead of it just being like a weekend project or I did a staycation to handle this thing, <laughs> No, it's, it's like, your whole thing. I, I lost track. Yeah, like I lost track of the days. You and I were talking about this this morning when we when you called me. And it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize like when we're recording this right now, it's Tuesday. Yeah, I didn't know it was Tuesday. <laughs> like you're talking. We talked at like ten thirty in the morning. I had no con. I thought it was Monday. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. No, it's totally fine. Yeah, we'll record tomorrow. You're like, all right, cool. I'll see you tonight. And I was like, <laughs> yep. It's sure Tuesday. Enough, Sure enough. Yeah. It, it's day all day. It's hard to keep track of days. I, so I work from home most of the time. Yeah. And even, even now it's hard because when I'm working from home, I'm home alone. Like ain't no one else here. So Hazel and Audrey running around has been, it's been weird. It like, it's been very easy to, to lose days. I'm sure. Like, um, I saw, I saw a post online. It was like, how do you keep track of days? And they went through like, well, destiny reset Tuesday, uh, trials starts, Zer shows up on Friday. And like, I was like, man, I used to play that much destiny, but <laughs> I don't play yeah, enough no. for me to remember. <laughs> nope. 
Nope. <laughs> no, I like honestly, I've been using my my garbage takeout days oh, yeah. as a way to be the thing. Yeah. Right. We're like, I go to take the dog out in the evening and be like, shit, the trash cans are out. It's Tuesday. Yeah. And like <laughs> and then shit, the recycling's out. It's Friday. Like I I because I lose track of this shit. I like, mean, the phone the phone has what day it is, but fuck the phone. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Please understand. Same. It's not I'm the not same. reading. I'm, I'm literally like, I'm checking the time and then I'm immediately swiping and then I'm checking social media and then I'm being sad because it hasn't updated fast enough. <laughs> everyone else is doing the same thing that I'm doing, which is checking their social media, but I'm not trying to be a troll. So I'm not trying to pick a fight with anybody on social media. So I'm like, what's everybody else up to? And it's like the same fucking thing they were 20 minutes ago. Slick, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. No one's fucking going anywhere. No. Like that's been the most interesting part about social media recently is other than people who really know how to cook and can show off some things, the, the online peacocking has really turned the volume down. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's very interesting to see which people have gotten quiet. Yeah. No one wants to flex when you're stuck at home and like feeling like shit. Like I think no, you tell that to every pro wrestler that I follow who was okay, literally flexing at home besides that. <laughs> but like, I think, Fucking I think people assholes. are socially aware enough that like, Everybody's down, so you don't want to be like, "Oh, look at this amazing fucking thing that what? I did." Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. Um, and that's what I find funny is like the only thing that we seem to be flexing about anymore really is like craft projects that we manage to get done at home. Yeah, or like cooking at home, where somebody's like, "Oh, my so and so, my significant other makes homemade gnocchi," and you're like, "Cool, good for you." <laughs> <laughs> like i'm over here trying to basically jamie that has been the one thing that i have really done is you know we we ended up getting a bunch of you know like soups and mashed potatoes and rice and what have you and yada yada and i have been inadvertently i have become almost a scientist in the kfc slash taco bell labs where i've been taking canned goods and or staples from my pantry and creating some sort of like KFC sadness bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the sadness bowl. Dude, seriously. Like, the sadness what was bowl? It? Um, yeah, like I, I've been doing a thing recently where you take like leftover mashed potatoes and then you take soup like, um, like pot roast or something like that that you get from Ooh, like a Campbell's yeah. chunky pot roast or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you cook the pot roast down a bit because you want it to thicken up a little bit. Um, and then literally, like, you take the leftover mashed potatoes, carve the center of the mashed potatoes out. So you basically create, like, a ring, like a crater, and you pour the soup in the center, and then basically you start spooning everything, and you make, like, the laziest shepherd's pie. So I had been getting a little excited recently because, I like, what was it, two days ago? I had got the idea of, like, okay, I'm going to take this, and then I'm going to add, what was it, salt, pepper, garlic powder, onion powder, um, curry seasoning and um uh cayenne pepper nice and i made basically spicy stew 
with potatoes. So then I had way too much. So trying no, no to behave such myself. Thing. No, such thing. no, no, nonsense. No, no, no. Here's the thing though. If you overdo it in this age, you can because I'm not working, the ability to like not decide to sit down and like watch a TV show. Oh, microphone down. I was trying to be slick. <laughs> you're good. So the ability to watch a TV show while you're while like you're eating lunch is much easier now. So my normal lunchtime of like 20 minutes tops, you know, eat while I'm working, what have you, just because it, it's, it's been kind of ingrained in me, doesn't exist anymore. Right. So now I sit down and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll put on an episode of something. And most of the things I like to watch are like, you know, with commercials, they're about 45 minutes. So now I'm, I'm eating in the first like 20 minutes and then I'm just sitting there. And that's usually fine. But the problem is now, now I'm fighting the sleepies. Oh no. I've already made too much food. And then you, you do that like, no, try and slow down your eating. So this way you don't end up, you know, eating too much. So I ended up with about half a plate worth of this spicy stew or whatever it is. And, and a bit of mashed potatoes. This morning I woke up and I went and did my grocery run. Like I got up early. I got up like 6.15, took the mm. dog out, went and did a nice long walk with, with Seuss, came back, put Seuss away. He doesn't get his breakfast until later, decide to get the grocery list. I go out, I go shopping early, right? Go get all my groceries, make sure I got my face mask on, try and make sure I protect myself and everyone else around me. I get back, get all the groceries unloaded. And I'm like, I am starving. I'm going to dig into breakfast. What am I doing? I look in the fridge and then I see that leftover container, like a siren song. <laughs> and I'm like, Go cool. Man. But now I have to up the game because what I see is this, this hillock of, of creation that I know has a bit of spice to it. So I'm like, it needs toast because I think it's <laughs> beef, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit on a shingle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shit on a shingle, right? Yeah. So I've never heard that before. That's awesome. <laughs> like that, I think that might be a Maryland thing, especially like in Dundalk or whatever it is. Cream chip beef is shit on a shingle. Um, <laughs> We're going to get that there shit on a shingle. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you go to a <laughs> diner and you say, <laughs> so, well, what can I get you? Oh, man. Um, let me get two Sonys over and then let's get some uh, shingle shingle. So, <laughs> right. Now, I've also been tearing down a YouTube rabbit hole. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Top Gear at all. Yes. Okay. So, one of the guys in Top Gear is named James May. He's uh, the more chill, uh, more kind of uh, lefty one of the three. Um, since when they basically got, when they left Top Gear and they went to Amazon to go do their other show, they launched a program called Drive Tribe. And essentially it was a website and they were trying to get people to kind of come together as a, as a car enthusiast community. Mm -hmm. As a side project of that, two of them started a thing called Food Tribe. Oh. where they have been doing food appreciation things. So James has been doing a series of things about food from the 70s because he grew up in the 70s in, in England and he wanted to basically explain to kids 
what food was like for people in the 70s and it wasn't very good no it wasn't but he's been <laughs> right but he's been trying to kind of explain like here are some of the comfort foods that maybe some of your parents enjoy and why you should enjoy them too mm. so he decided to do spam and beans which i have and this feels weird to say i've never eaten spam Like, and I feel like I probably should have. It, it's okay. I think it's all see, in the I, preparation. I, <laughs> and that's my thing is like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that if I took spam, sliced it relatively thin, pan fried it, I'm pretty sure I could make a rather tasty meal out of it. Oh, sure. Because I've been basically told it's essentially hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. In and a, I can get can. behind this in, in, a, in can, a can, right? In a can. Whatever that, that I don't care about the delivery system. Now, like at this point now we're talking packaged salted meat. Like yeah. I'm not really picky about this. Now the only problem, the only problem with frying it is, is that everything smells like spam. Like there was a guy we, so in the, in the college dorm, uh, I went to university of Maryland. They have uh open area in the call in the, in every floor, like a common area you can hang out and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a right. stove. No one uses it except for the, the one guy from the Eastern shore <laughs> had like racks and racks of spam. And so he, every once in a while he would cook it up and boy, howdy, it would clear out the common room and the hallways. Cause that shit stank. And it, and it really? travel, it travels. I don't know Interesting. how it, it trap like the odor travels. I, I don't know if it was the brand of spam or like if that's its natural state, but when he fried that jammy up, it would go places. It tastes interesting. It tastes fine. Like it, it's okay. It's cooked ham, right? With like yeah. a crust on it. But for some yeah. reason, the smell is just it's it's potent and it's it's weird. It it doesn't smell like it should taste, but it just okay. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Okay. So when he did this spam and uh, spam and beans thing. They basically take the spam, they get it out of the container, they cube up the spam, they throw the spam, you know, throw a little bit of oil in the pan in like a pot, like a, like a saucepan sort of thing. Yeah. Throw the cube spam in, put a, basically brown the spam a bit, right? Then add the beans, and we're talking not baked beans, we're talking like the blue can Heinz, like oh, British beans. Yeah, yeah. Throw those in, let those basically cook down, and then... While this is happening, you add a little of what's called brown sauce. And near as I can tell is, I think it's like <laughs> Heinz 57 yeah. with brown, gra brown gravy mixed into it. I've, I've heard of the brown sauce. I still have no idea what it is, but I I've still heard have no of idea. the brown like, sauce. It, it looks like the consistency of like kind of a thick gravy, but I've been told that it has more of a like tangy barbecue saucy kind of steak saucy kind of, kind of taste to it. The brown sauce. <laughs> so... Now, they, they decide to make this, and then they serve it over toast. Mm -hmm. And they, they serve it to these kids. So James also did another one where he did canned haggis that he got from a guy. He said it was really good. He ended up making up another thing of it. And the whole thing was is he basically he cooked that up. He added a bunch of Thai chilies to it mm. to spice it up properly because he said it, was, you know, it required like a good curry. It needed a, a good kick yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I could see and then that. top the thing with a fried egg. Oh. <laughs> because you get that runny egg mixed in there, yeah. kind of binding that whole thing. 
So me and my infinite wisdom, I think, well, I've seen two things recently. I've seen serving brown hillock on a top toast. And I've seen questionable meat product from can spiced properly served with fried egg. Yeah. And I went, well, I am American. So I <laughs> turducken that shit and I add a fried egg atop this hillock. So I got, I got toast going. I got leftovers reheating. I've got a fried egg just perfectly in the pan. That's one thing I've definitely mastered is doing a quick fried egg. Oh, yeah. Like my egg skills have gotten – I'm not even going to make the pun. They've gotten really fucking good. Like I won't, <laughs> I won't do it. I won't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've gotten real good. It so in turn – Yeah. So I, you know – Basically, throw the thing atop there, everything else like that, and carve right down through that egg. Watch the yolk pour down through it. I was a happy camper this morning. So that sounds fucking amazing, Brandon. Yeah, we like just, I, we we need to figure out how to do a food show because <laughs> right, yeah, because like I I feel like this has been a weird sort of thing of like there are going to be people who are going to go oh don't do that, and then I think there's going to be a morbid curiosity of like me doing pantry hacks. Like I was, I was watching another one where they showed you how to make a really good French onion soup using ramen. Mm, okay. So I'm definitely going to try that. Like I picked up a bunch of onions this morning and some ramen. Ramen. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. Like it, that has been the one nice byproduct of all this is, uh, so Ooh, what am I geeking out about? Yeah, literally carving out my pantry and just going to town on other things and trying to to basically cook my way through everything. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been geeking out about? Uh, <laughs> oh, here so we go. I, <laughs> uh, so I've been playing music uh, for a while. Uh, so I, I learned how to play violin. I started playing violin in fourth grade and then in high school, like I transitioned to guitar and like, I always dreamed of like going on tour with a band, never came yeah. together. Um, yeah. I've played a handful of shows here and there, even so with like Johnny and stuff, but yeah, like the band thing never came together, but I've been making music for, for ages. Uh, I decided on a whim to sign up for, uh, there's a, distribution service called DistroKid. Okay. And what they do is they push out your music to all of the services and um, they charge you uh, they charge you a monthly fee, but you retain all of the royalties for wherever you put your music on. So it's, it's basically they cut out the, the record label. You do it all yourself. Um, they give you the tools like you can set, uh, you can set release dates if you want. Um, they, they go through all the approval processes and all this kind of stuff. Upshot is I released a single. <laughs> <laughs> I released a single and now it's on every service. Like you can get it on iTunes or Spotify, uh, Google, Google music. Wait, wait, uh, Amazon hang on. Music. I can get on, I can get on iTunes. I yeah, can type. You, you can get it on iTunes. You can, <laughs> you can type in, get the fuck away from me by Jamie Noguchi. And it will show up on uh, on all of your music searches. 
And like, I have a, I have an artist page on uh, Apple Music. I have an artist page on Spotify now. So like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. Hang on. Uh, I, I haven't tried it, but I know it's there. Um, so okay. if you go, I think if you look under my name, uh, it should show. Actually, I should do it on this. Okay. I should do it on Spotify. Um, but yeah, so DistroKid, you sign up for a monthly fee. Um, oh yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you, if you belong to Apple music, type <laughs> Jamie Noguchi into your, uh, your, your Google machine there. And then, uh, you want to <laughs> go ahead and select that. And, uh, there, did you have another album? I had another song. So like the way they do it is like you release a song and they, they call them albums because that's how they do it. Okay, right, so right, I, yeah. I did a cover of um, uh, Graham, Graham Central Station. Um, oh God, what's his name? Hair? Some, yeah, Hair. Um, Graham Central Station, the guy's name is something Graham and I feel like a shithead for not knowing this. Okay. Um, but he's a bass player and, and he does a okay. lot of funk stuff. So I did a version of his song. And uh, so through... And this is before I was with DistroKid, but now through DistroKid, you can actually do covers. So when it gets to the point where you and I are recording uh, Shit. our project, we Shit. can we can put our project up. Yes, and I can set up a artist page for you or for our no. our group. <laughs> okay, no. well, I won't do that. But like, just I can, for our group, I, I can, am good. I could set up an artist page for our group, and we can actually distribute it through through Spotify and all the other services. So like, if you want, like, you don't have to go through SoundCloud. Um, if you want to listen to our stuff, it'll be on Spotify and we'll have like, right. we can have like an EP. Like if you and I want to do an EP, we can do that. And like, we could play, we could play shows where you could record a live. And um, I think there's a, there's an extra fee for cover songs, but like you could still do them. You could still do them. So that's, I don't know. I, I looked at this. And I was like, well, I'll sign up. I'll start releasing some music. We'll see what happens. So, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, we got a. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll post the song, uh, at the end of the podcast. Um, yes, unlike, unlike, do. unlike last time when I would, I was talking about a song that I did and I never posted it. So this time I'll post the song. Yeah. Pack please out. just, just go ahead and clip it right on the end of the podcast. That would be super great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I got other ideas for music. Uh, this one is straight up like a trap beat hip hop thing. Yeah. Um, but like I got other stuff, so we'll see. You might, you might be getting like a track a month from me or depending on how squirrely I get, I might do like, you know, a whole thing. But like I had always, I've always wanted to do more with the music side of things. Um, so eh. well, (laughs) (laughs) like I, I, I tell people that, you know, if you feel bad for not being productive during this time, don't feel bad because it's all new shit. Especially if you if you have kids, you have to teach them at yeah. home plus whatever you're doing to, to get your money. And that's insane. And even if you don't have kids uh, and you're a shut in normally, this is different. This is different. This is way different. Yeah. Yeah. And so even though I'm encouraging people not to feel guilty for not being productive, I have to, <laughs> like yeah. I have to. <laughs> like, no, I, I get that. Be a beacon of hope for the rest of us. Yeah. Like I, I have to put stuff out. I'm, I'm re I'm working on the um, draw right now stuff. 
Um, so like I'm, I'm working on building up that page and, and putting that out there again and just starting that up. So like, nice. I'm, I'm trying to do a whole bunch of other shit cause I don't know what else to do. So yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. I have, I, I'm either on or I'm off. There's no in between. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> Vacation doesn't work. Like, yeah. <laughs> This is not off time. This yeah. is not off time. This is work time. It's always been work time. Just <laughs> different coworkers now. Your family yep. is here. They're your coworkers. Oh God. They're not God. your family. They're coworkers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just what everybody wanted. <laughs> um, all right, Brandon. So, uh, yeah, we we have a I don't know if you've been following along with the goings on in the comic book industry. Um, nope. I have from a business side because it it affects me personally, but it also affects my friends and stuff. Yeah. So uh, beginning in March, that's basically when everyone got the orders to stay at home, at least in Maryland. And that's why this matters. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it started right around actually the tail end of March, but it definitely started really picking up around mid to late March. Yeah, um, um, yeah. As soon as as soon as that announcement went out, um, Diamond Comics, which is headquartered in Maryland, Timonium, Maryland, yep. they yep. they also announced that they were no longer taking new new items from their vendors. So. New comic, they were not going to bother picking up new comics from DC, Marvel, any of your indies that are distributed yes. through Diamond, which is everything. Yep. Yep. Then, and then mid-April, they were like, oh, and by the way, we're going to default on our payments to our vendors because we haven't made enough money to pay our vendors. And I'm like, that's sort of like a chicken and an egg what, thing. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Pay? What vendors are we talking about? Their printers and stuff like that? Marvel and DC, they weren't going to pay them. Um, oh, 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 okay. I, I think that's what that meant. I think that's what they meant. Um, that, I mean, that would make sense because Diamond's ordering from Marvel and DC. Yeah. To be able to, to be a distributor right. to every comic shop across yada, yada, yada. So right. that would the, make sense that way. And the comic shops pay Diamond and to buy the right. new stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. how Diamond right. makes their money. Right. So, so Diamond's not paying Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. Okay. So they're, they're not, they're not getting new stuff from the publishers and they're also not paying, they're not able to pay the publishers back. They did come out with a payment plan. They said, okay, we're going to do 25% at this point, And then we're going to do an additional 25% here. And then like, so they set up a payment structure to pay everybody back to make them all whole. In the meantime, Marvel scrapped 20% of their output. Uh, so, all, all the books that were slated to come out later in May and July, 20% of them are, are being held. Uh, they're paying everybody for work that they've done, but that's 20% production costs, which means 20% of the workforce is going to be shit out of well, luck. Well, hang on a second. Wait, wait, wait. When you say 20%, are we talking about 20% of comics printed or 20% of titles released like well, what's the difference are we talking like you know there there are a hundred new comics coming out and we're just printing 20 percent less of those hundred new comics or are we saying that 80 new comics are now being printed yeah. because the other 20 
aren't actually happening or is it some sort of a mixed bag of the two? I, th- I think from what I read in the press release, it was a mixed bag of both. Like some of these Oof. projects are already out. Some of these projects have finished art. Some of these projects we cannot put into production. These wow. artists are still going to get paid for that 20% that they did, but they're, that's awesome. But they're, but their projects are gone. So like, right. so if, if you had like, um, umpty squat X-Men titles and like super superior X-Men was part of that thing. And, and you're, and you're working on issue one, you've done issue one, that issue is not coming out. You got paid for issue one, but you're not on issue two. You're not on issue three. Right, right, right. So the bottleneck seems to me, and I don't know, I, I may be wrong about this, but it seems like diamond is, is sort of, the bottleneck and if if diamond can't do their job for some reason the the publishers are not in a position to distribute directly well to the to the comic shops and and that's what i don't understand like i i don't understand well hang on a second that's well l- let's take a second <laughs> here so is is your is your issue with diamond then is that what you're getting at i think so Okay, so let's let's logically take this from from point of sale back. Okay. Okay. So you the end result being the person you want to pick up I don't know, let's let's pick a title. Just give me a comic name. Uh something you know Marvel does. Uh uh Runaways. Okay. So you want to pick up and and a current issue of Runaways, right? Yes. Yes. You do not have a subscription box. No. You you choose that you're like, hey, I'm into this, but I don't know if I want to necessarily go pick this up. You find out that this COVID thing is happening. You're like, fuck, I've got a little bit of disposable income. Let's say I'm a person who can work from home. I haven't lost my job. I still have the same amount of disposable income that I normally would. I would like to support comic artists. I'd like to buy this comic. Cool. Yes. All right. You would then go to your local comic retailer and you would then go purchase said comic. Correct. Now, your local comic retailer is not an essential business. Right. Okay. What do you do? I don't know because, um, I mean, I know. uh, I go, because like I have a shop like, I, I like Phantom. Uh, it, took okay. me, it took me a while to figure out how to order online from them, which is another thing. But that, I, that's fine. I figured it out. I was able to order directly from Phantom. But, okay. But it's, it's only the current stock that they have. Like, right. I can't now, get this new comic that... Now, you understand how comic purchasing works, right? right. It's three months in advance. Um. And then the stores get their books. They order, they order from like, they, they get, they get the orders from their, their current subscribers. So they, they have this baseline of, we know these kids, these people want these comics. And then they kind of right. guess, they kind of guess, well, okay. they see their trends okay. and stuff like that. So, so let's, so let's assume that a comic book store that is not an essential business, right. that if it wanted to maintain being open would have to, frankly, shirk the whole concept of the essential business sort of thing and have employees that are willing to essentially ignore state mandates, which is its own thing and good on comic book stores 
who are still employing people and who are still staying open to be able to give things. I know Third Eye, especially Third Eye, yeah. uh, locally, is doing comic delivery, which is fucking rad. I th- they have their bus and shit. I don't know if it's yeah, painted. They, they have their bus. I, I have no idea, but if, that's if it awesome. needs to get painted, I will paint that shit. <laughs> so, so Third Eye is doing comic delivery. Okay. Yeah. So let's assume that reasonably. One in 10 people are out of work, right? Right. So let's assume that reasonably of comic book readers, let's say one in 20 people is out of work, right? So that's 20% of your main people are already out of work. So that's 20% of your normal income gone. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, you're not able to operate regularly. So your random walkthrough people or people who would hit you up here and there, gone. So let's say that's another 20% gone. So now you're at 60% of your regular ordering. Now, you take people who normally wouldn't worry about things like this, but they don't necessarily have the ability to go do the same things they'd like to. And they don't want to necessarily go out or what have you. And they don't want to go with the hassle of having to buy comics online or they're really like they're casual readers. Maybe they wouldn't pick this up. Let's say that's 10%. So now you're at half of your regular income. Right. Do you genuinely think third eye is actually making half of what they normally would right now? I don't know. Let's say yes for argument's sake, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, would they be able to sustain their diamond order with half of their regular income? No. So reasonably, diamond not putting them into the situation of having to be able to pay for that order is unfortunate in the sense that you're not providing new comics to people, but fortunate in the sense that it's not actually shutting down the local comic shops by being in default with diamond. Cause once you're in default with diamond, I assume there ain't a whole lot of other places you can go. Right. And that, and that was my, that was my question is like, do we need diamond or would it, would it make, it would be hell on the logistics side, which is why I wanted to talk to you. Cause you're the logistics guy, but like, right. If, if, if the comic shops could deal directly with, it's not such a Marvel big deal. Marvel and Image and DC and everything I mean, else like that? It's not such a big deal with Marvel and DC. They're going to be fine. But like, I'm thinking of some of the, the, the smaller publishers, like um, maybe, maybe uh, Oni Press or Alliance Forge or, um, who are the smaller guys? Any of the smaller right, guys. They're, they're not essential businesses either. True. This, this all comes down to a supply and demand in a panic situation. Comics are not, comics are comfort food in the sense that we all like to have it when we're sitting at home. Right. But frankly, the, the idea that these comic book shops, the printers, the distributors, the warehouse workers, the shippers, the what have you, you know, to be able to create a comic is far more, as you know, than just the art and writing team of creating a comic, it takes an army of people. A lot of times people who aren't actually printing anything stateside. So you require a printer that's out of, let's say China and they're shut down and they're not printing. Yeah. Who cares if only press wants to 
print things themselves, wants to be able to, to deal direct with the comic book shops, they can't get an order together. Yeah. <laughs> like, tough shit. Like, I hate to say it that way, but like, there, there aren't a whole lot of shops, probably genuinely, I hate to say it this way, there are maybe, and this is, this is me wild ass guessing with no real understanding about current print demand and what have you. There are maybe five shops stateside that could handle a genuine comic run with the quality and capability and get anywhere near the price point of some of these Chinese printers. Right. So let's assume that for the sake of argument, Oni says, we want to stay open. We have a volunteer amount of staff that want to stay open. They want to pay. They want to, they want to work. Let's assume we let them work, right? Let's assume that they manage to then get a printer in, I don't fucking know, Alaska. Let's assume that there's no stay-at-home order in Alaska, right? Mm -hmm. And they happen to be able to find a printer up there, and they're good to rock and roll. They're in the frozen tundra up there. Fucking printing presses are humming like, like there's no tomorrow. And they manage to fulfill the order. And it costs them, let's say, with shipping and everything else, it costs them twice as much as what it would from a Chinese printer. Oof. Yeah, I see. I see. What happens here? You know what I mean? Like, does Oni take the risk of spending twice as much to be able to still provide something for everybody? Does it make everybody feel better? Like, this feels like a lot of the whole thing of, you know, you thank a, a you know, somebody who's working in a grocery store or a Walmart or something like that, and you call them heroes and you thank them for their service and you thank them for being coming to work. I don't necessarily think a lot of those people genuinely want to come to work. And I don't think they're being compensated properly no. to be able to put them in this situation and they're forced <clears throat> to do it. And I asked the question, are your fucking comics worth it? So maybe instead of forcing all of them and making Diamond the bad guy, and don't get me wrong, I know someone, I actually know a couple of people who work at Diamond. I'm not trying to throw Diamond under the bus. Mm -hmm. They have their own fucking issues right. with how they handle everything. And frankly, I think they're a monopoly and I'd love to shut them down myself. Yeah. But I'm not going to give Diamond a hard time because ultimately Diamond's fucking telling Marvel and DC suck eggs which is impressive <laughs> in and of itself that they That's have true, fucking, yeah. <laughs> the balls is just be like, Hey, so I know that we're kind of your one-stop shop. So because we're your one-stop shop, we're going to grab you by the nuts. <laughs> look you dead in the eye and go, you're not getting our money. <laughs> look at my yeah. fucking eyes. You're not getting any fucking money. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and pay those fucking comic bills using all your goddamn movie money. That's another, Call Disney and get your goddamn check. That's another good point, man. What, like, what do they do with all that fucking money? <laughs> well, I mean, movies are shut down right now, so they're... Like, Marvel's not taking in a whole lot of money right now. Basically, they're bleeding money, like every other large company out there. Yeah. So it's the question is, how much money are they willing to bleed hmm. to look like they're doing the right thing? So, basically, what I'm hearing is it's fucked and... It doesn't matter because they're, it's comics. Here's what I'm telling you. There are a fucking ton of comics out there that already exist. And if you're getting butt hurt over the fact that you're not getting your new issue of something, calm the fuck 
down and go find something else to read. (laughs) If you are genuinely upset that the artist that you know, knew, interested in, respect, what have you, got started with a title and they got their plug pulled because they were put at issue one and they can't do issue two and then some and their project goes down the drain. I'm genuinely sorry that happened. I'm sorry that you're going to miss out on it. I'm sorry that you're not going to get a chance to see it. I'm sorry that they're not going to get a chance to create and spread their legs and what have you. Like it it sucks. It absolutely fucking sucks. But there's no sense in getting fucking angry at Diamond Mm. for this happening. And I hate to say it this way. There's no sense in getting mad at Marvel either because they're going to compensate them for the work that they've done. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, Marvel's not going to spend money on things that they can't make any money on right now. If the first issue you put out was good and they were mm-hmm. genuinely sold by the idea, maybe come June, July, August, maybe this thing will kick back up and you can re-release issue one with a variant cover and you can jumpstart this thing back up and going. Good shit is good. And I'm not saying that great shit won't get overlooked and get completely squashed and never come back. It totally will. Mm -hmm. But you're just going to have to deal with that. Like you've dealt with every other bit of thing that you got excited about as a comic book fan or as a sci-fi fan or as a, as a, you know, as a, as a nerdy culture fan and either do one of two things, begrudgingly wish that it was back or martyr the thing like your goddamn brown coat and tell everybody how fucking great Serenity is. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, um, yeah. yell about Firefly on the internet for a while because I don't know what to tell you otherwise. So, if we can imagine a future when this is over. Yes. Um, do, you think the, do you think the current business model, the way comics are distributed in North America, completely through Diamond, do you think do you think that goes back to normal, or do you think there needs to be changes to it? Because it I seems think there needs to be, I think there needs to be changes, but there won't be. Right. Here's here's the issue that I see right now. Diamond holds all of the keys. Yes. And Marvel and DC and all of the major comic creators, provided that they have a good enough deal with Diamond, why would they fuck with that? Mm-hmm. Why, why would Marvel or DC want to take on the headache of accounts, distribution, shipping, packaging, misorders, short orders, buybacks? Like, why would they want to deal with any of that stuff? Yeah. That's why Diamond was created in the first place. Diamond, somebody went to Stan Lee in the 70s, 60s, fuck, I don't know when, went to Marvel, went to DC, went to all the early comic creators, all the silver age shit. And they went, Hey, do you really want to deal with all this? <laughs> or do you just want to create the thing? Do you just want to count I'll your just, checks? And I'll just, yeah. And I'll just buy them from bulk from you mm-hmm. and we can project and we can, we can sell for you. Like if Marvel had to sell them themselves, Marvel would need to do not only all of their marketing, Right. Because I'm sure Diamond does a ton of Marvel's marketing. Mm, not really. 
they don't whatever they don't do shit for marketing they give you the preview book and that's it it's on okay all the other companies then that just shows what a swinging dick diamond is (laughs) yeah seriously because their statement is either either it's fucking good or it's not yeah now do i think that diamond should be more interested in putting out great comics yeah I do. Do I think that they should treat the comic stores more fairly? Yeah, I do. Now, I ask the question, as someone who doesn't own a comic distributor, what does that mean? What counts as fair? Because what's fair to the comic book stores isn't actually helping Diamond's bottom line. Mm -hmm. So where's the trade-off? Everybody would bail on Diamond, or at least most people would bail on Diamond if they could, but nobody's willing to basically give the comic book stores what they want because every comic book store owner that I've spoken to about this feels like a victim and in turn doesn't necessarily want to take any responsibility, or at least a large majority of them don't want to take the larger responsibility of things like short orders or short sales or, you know, poorly done comic, you know, what happens if a comic gets really hyped? There's a new Batman coming out, yada, yada, yada. It looks fucking great. Mm -hmm. And come, come to find out it gets there. And the story is just dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) And you get people who read the first issue and going, this is fucking terrible. And they're canceling them in their long boxes. They're not interested in them. You got a ton of of second issues and third issues sitting around and you, you've had to make this decision. Like you said, three months in advance. So who eats the second and third issues? Do, does the store eat it? Do, do I, as a comic distributor eat it? Do I go back to the artist? Do I do I waver my relationship with DC and go, how fucking dare you hand me this dog shit ass comic? Hmm. Do I, as a distributor, have to then be the police of the of the comics industry? And do I have to then pre-read everything? I see this thing come out and I go, this is fucking terrible. And I'm not ordering <laughs> any of it. And the comic book stores you're doing business with me are going, hey. So we'd really like this. We think this is going to be rad. And I have to go to them and go, I'm not ordering that thing. (laughs) Then they go, where do they not order it? Do they tell their customers no? Or do they go back to diamond? Like where's, where's the line here of public opinion versus retail sales versus whatever, like a distributor has to kind of draw a line in the sand to go, look, man, you ordered it. Don't order shit. You don't want. How does it work with, um, well, I don't know if you knew this, but like, how does it work with book, 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 bookstores? Like it's been working for bookstores somehow. Well, I guess maybe no. not since. To my understanding, it's very similar. It's just comics because it's a monthly sort of thing. Imagine if you ran a bookstore, but the ma- the majority of what your product was, was magazines. Mm-hmm. That's essentially a comic book store. Oh, that's true. Yeah. This is, this is why a lot of, you know, when you go into places like there's, there's no like news sort of magazine shops or news shops or whatever it is like there used to be. Yeah. They live gone. in airports right now. Right. There's a reason for that. <laughs> 
like you go to, to a Barnes and Noble, magazines are what? One section? Mm-hmm. And it's not even nearly as big as it used to be. Yeah. It used to take up a full wall. Now yeah. it's like half a wall. Yeah. So, and how often do you think Barnes and Noble actually moves everything? And Barnes has the ability to order bulk, get a huge discount, negotiate with the with the with the publishers, printers, distributors, whole nine, and they're able to pull inventory from one store and send it to the other. And they got comics. Like, <laughs> like genuinely, the thing, and I think I said this before. The thing that comic book stores could do in theory if they wanted to uh-huh. was set up an organization as a nonprofit sort of thing and they basically create their own sort of comic book union and they list their inventory online and they have the ability to move product from different parts of the country. You want oh, to battle diamond? That would be rad as shit. You put out there to some sort of nonprofit. And the idea is as orders come out, right? So you treat it almost like Kickstarter or like Venmo or what have you, where yeah, yeah, yeah. this middle person, this union organizer, whatever it is, <coughs> excuse me, they basically say, okay, I, I'm in New Jersey and I ordered a hundred copies of this first issue of Batman and it is not fucking moving. Yeah. But for some reason in Baton Rouge, it's moving like fucking hotcakes. And, and this guy, instead of going uh, right, instead of going uh, back to Diamond and increasing his order because he's not sure whether or not he wants to do it, he places a one-time order through everything. Now, the guy in New Jersey takes a loss. Right. Bear this in mind. Sure. But ultimately, this guy in New Jersey is going to take a loss anyway. So if the guy in New Jersey says, okay, I'll sell them to you, you bought them for, let's say, as a round talking point, a dollar an issue. I don't know how much comics actually go at cost for, but I'm picking a dollar is just a nice round number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, su- let's assume that this guy in Jersey bought them from Diamond at a dollar an issue, right? He's got, let's say, 400 copies hanging out there. <laughs> oh, God, poor sucker. <laughs> right. What? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let's say he's got 400 copies hanging out there, right? Yeah. He then throws up the idea of, hey, these aren't moving. I'd like to keep 25 copies for myself. I've got 375 copies available for anyone else. I'd like to try and recoup some of this. This place then says, hey, we've got this many copies. The guy in Baton Rouge says, I'll take 200 of them. I'll give you 70 cents. And the, the union place takes 10% of that total thing. Uh-huh. So the guy in, in Jersey gets 60 cents an issue. Uh-huh. Now, is he taking a loss? Yes. Yeah. Is he taking less of a loss than he probably would if he kept all of those issues? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because so the then, question is then, is it worth it? You know, like, yeah, where, yeah. Does, but, this, does this nonprofit, like if every, if every comic book store paid into a monthly thing of saying, hey, for the store, it costs us, I don't know, let's say 30 bucks a month to buy into this as a store, as a base income, and then they take an X percentage of every sale. They take, I don't know, 2% of every sale or 6% of every sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a processing fee. I, th- I think that could work. I, I don't know what the margins are to be able to figure out whether or not that could work. I don't know about the numbers, but I think, I think a system like that where you could, you could shift 
nationwide inventory because i i think you're right i think there there are shops where like certain books would move where and, and certain books wouldn't so if you just like move shit around i mean i think that could be a start i don't know i genuinely don't know like i don't know if anyone's willing to spend the money because really what you need is some sort of like inventory system that lives and exists and you need to be able to create everything. And, you know, these individual comic book stores would have to upload their inventory into this national database. They'd have to basically say, Hey, I've got X number of comics set aside. Mm -hmm. I don't know how any of that works. I don't know if it needs to be some sort of like Facebook marketplace sort of thing where just people post individual sales or if it needs, to be a consignment sort of thing, which is essentially what we're asking is some sort of consignment program that creates a middleman and essentially takes all of your unsold inventory and basically puts them out there. I, I don't, I'm, I'm unclear on whether or not anyone or any program or what have you has the ability to do this. Like I'm sure there are inventory management software, but it's, it's hurting cats because you're asking <laughs> yeah. X number of thousands of individual comic book retailers to take responsibility, not only for their inventory numbers, but also sales and shipping. Mm-hmm. And then some sort of guarantee that basically says that, you know, Hey, if you dick us over in this order, the union basically goes after you about this and the union makes you whole on this order. If for some reason they're out and then what they kick this other store out of the, out of the union with how many misses is it a like, Hey, you fucked up three orders. You're out. Or is it a, you fucked up one order, but it was one order for $500 mm-hmm. and you're out. Like where's the line there yeah. to be able to make it fair for everybody to be able to work. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I've, I've got a pretty decent understanding of inventory and logistics and, and movement of product, but like, <laughs> you don't want to be responsible I, for that. <laughs> the reality is, and this is me like really going inside baseball to, to have an inventory system that manages all that sort of thing. You're talking about a hundred thousand dollar software program. Yeah. For sure. Which means just getting in the door. Like you could, you could always do the like, Oh, you could use a spreadsheet. No, you couldn't couldn't. like you, you need the ability to basically create vendors and like near as I could tell, I think what you would need ultimately would be somebody who's willing to buy back old comics and let them be able to do that. Yeah. So, so they would, they would warehouse stuff that you can't get rid of. Yes. They would yeah, house you, it and then they would be like, I've got these available. Um, you know. It, yeah. It essentially creates a, it's a consignment warehouse. So the idea is you would then send them to this place mm-hmm. and this place would then do a couple things. It would say, Hey, we will try and sell your stuff and pay you back a percentage of the total net amount you could in theory with this in theory set a threshold where you would say, Hey, if it ends up being anything under 25 cents an issue, fuck it. Most people probably what they'd end up doing would be able to say, look, move it, get the fuck out of my warehouse. And if you managed to move this stuff and you got basically sent a check and you didn't have to deal with any of it. Yeah. It's a, it's a real catch 22 of like, at what point are you making money or what point are you not making money? Like, 
it, it's a whole thing of, you know, if you don't have the comics there physically, you know, you send these, these hundred issues of, of this Batman comic to this consignment warehouse. Mm-hmm. You don't have this hundred issues to be able to sell in your store. You don't have this hundred issues to be able to give away as a promotional item. Yeah. Like, you know, what happens? Do you end up, you know, we're, we're a year down the road and the consignment warehouse hasn't been able to move your inventory. Yeah. Right? And now they can't move them for anything under, let's say, 25 cents an issue. Mm-hmm. At 25 cents an issue, this is before they take their cut. At 25 cents an issue, you could give these things away as promotional material on free comic book day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there would need to be a threshold when the the warehouse takes ownership of it and they have like their own fire sales on the side or something like that where like people like like people can come right, in. But how many goddamn comic book stores have long box sales like this where they just have fire sales and they have back rooms just full of fucking inventory? Like this is the yeah. this is the dangerous part. About, like this is why I would never join in this business. <laughs> I have lost track of how many comic book stores I have been to or how much how many comic conventions i've been to where i've seen just a a sea of long boxes and by the way jesus fuck can we stop storing comics in the most inappropriate (laughs) box humanly possible you do not need a filing cabinet with no genuine structural support to support literally way too much weight in books the most (laughs) foolish thing i've ever heard of Christ, I well, can't with that shit. If you can, re- if you can also revolutionize the way comics are stored, you'd have a one-two they're, punch. <laughs> they're called bankers boxes. They're just <laughs> shorter. Just break them up, and then right on the side of it, Green Lantern, because it's always the fucking Green Lantern guys. <laughs> Hal Jordan run issue one, two. I don't know, two hundred ninety-nine, and then. The next box, and this is going to be a difficult one, Hal Jordan, <laughs> fucking 300 to 399. <laughs> like, I, I, I think, so uh, there was something like this system in college. It was called like the book swap where you could, you could sell your books back to the, the campus store for like 50, 30%. Uh, and that's what you would get for it. So like you pay. Right. But that, that's not consignment. That's just you selling right. them back to the well, thing. Th- then, then there was uh, another group that I was with, uh, the public interest research group, and we would host the book swap. So like you could list your book for what you thought you could get. And then people could come in and, and say like, well, I'm willing to do this. And then right. so, yeah. so you could do that. That's and, a, that's a consignment sale. Yeah. So that, that consignment system worked pretty well. And I, students were really happy with that because they didn't get their full amount back, but they got something. So instead right. of, instead of getting 20 bucks for a hundred dollar book, they, they bought at the beginning of the year, maybe they got 50 bucks, which is half, right. but they felt, more whole than they would have selling it directly back to the school because the school is well, going to rip yeah. you off. Oh well, yeah, of course. It, it's the GameStop principle. We've all spent so many years going to GameStop, yeah. and taking a game who that we absolutely love, and having them go two dollars, and you go, "Fuck you! I paid <laughs> sixty for this," and they yeah. go, "What do you want? Take the two dollars." Yeah, yeah. Sorry, four dollars store credit. 
<laughs> Which, by the way, store credit. That's that's the way they get you. Yeah, that's the way that it's this store business really works. Yeah, it's the store credit because if you are a comic book store and you had the ability to look through their inventory and you could get, let's say, for a hundred books, you could get fifty bucks, or you could get a hundred dollars worth of store credit. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you go it. Yeah, I I don't know. I think a system like this could work with i i don't know how to set it up but i think, I think comics are a losing industry and i think until they go back to newspaper print and they just seriously cut the actual cost of creating comics it'll be a losing industry no matter what hmm. i think it should be i think it should yeah. be newspaper print or graphic novels and that's it the idea of spending four plus dollars for an incredibly expensively created comic book that will never recoup its full cost is foolish at best. I, I think I, it's a fool's errand. I, I kind of agree with you, um, which is kind of why I, I was so happy that Jeremy pitched this book that we worked on as a collection because it's yeah. coming out as a collection first. So it justifies the higher quality print. I agree with you. Like single issues, Hazel tears through them like they're, they're cottage cheese. Everybody does. It doesn't matter how nice the print is. It doesn't matter if it's newspaper or the high gloss that Marvel moved to. She doesn't give a shit. If it's a collection, she spends more time with it. She doesn't like eat it yeah. like it's a like it's yeah. a fucking mushroom. I I mean I I I I like I agree with you there definitely that like the the no one needs singles. No one needs singles. The, I I I I've been this for ever yeah and i i get the idea of like you know it, it's one of those i can't figure out if it, it's a chicken or the egg scenario people mm. who are super into comics are so used to the single issues that they feel the need to get this episodic television but jesus christ have we not learned any has netflix taught us nothing <laughs> binge watching's the way well and and singles used to have a can like one story they had one story. They don't do yeah, that now anymore. Now it's all a continuation. It's yeah. It, it's so you might as well get the fucking trade. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you, you want to know why old serial comics used to work in the newspaper because there wasn't anything fucking exciting else going on. <laughs> yeah, and you got a daily. You got a daily. And you right. You got a daily. Right. But like you yeah. know, you read in the Phantom and. Fucking no surprise you got you're fucking into this like four panels of comic. Yeah. Cause you got this little bite-sized bit and you're like, fuck, I love this. Yeah. It ain't good. He threw a punch in panel four, and the next one you see the guy's face go like, uh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I like I I agree with you. I think trades the, I think the industry needed to move to trades way sooner than it has. Um yeah. The traditional book publishers—that's the way they're doing it. They're that they're getting like all the the YA books that that the traditional publishers are like the book publishers are doing. They're buying graphic novels, graphic yeah. novels. They're buying graphic novels. They're not buying singles. They don't give a shit about singles. They're going the graphic novel way. You know, I I agree with you there. Like in Japan, you can get a four hundred like a six hundred paid booklet for five bucks. And it's got 600 pages of comics on shit newspaper. It's so bad. They just get colored newspaper newsprint because, you know, that's the ink that they had on hand that day. But that's how they read them. And then you get these nice, nice collections that are put together, better paper, 
you know, better binding, yeah. color yeah. inserts and stuff. I, I kind of think you're right. I kind of think, I kind of think they need to go that route. Yeah, of course they do. Like it's <laughs> comics. I, I, I have, I have not bought an individual issue of a comic since let's see, I'm 36. Now I haven't bought a single issue of a comic since I was 14. Mm. Jesus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I haven't. Yeah. I, I haven't. I, I got I, plenty I, of trades. You know, I got, I have a ton. Uh, I have two full bookcases on either side of me right now of, of my desk full of graphic novels, yeah. of collections. Yeah. Uh, it's not that I don't, and please understand, I bought every, that's not true. I've, I purchased probably 90% of these comics and trades from local comic book stores and or conventions yeah. from people who genuinely ran local comic book shops and what have you. Yeah. I'm talking about places like Collector's Corner over in Parkville. I'm talking about Third Eye. I'm talking about Phantom when I went down there the one time. I'm talking about, you know, uh, Chuck's Comics down in Dundalk. Like, I'm I'm hitting different places all over. When I was part of Art Fight, we were hitting up all sorts of places. And I'd they're go getting to, more of your money. They're and getting they're getting more of my money. Your, and yeah. I would find places and I would pick up trades when I would go to comic conventions and what have you. And I would hit up places that look like they were comic book stores. Yeah. Like if you had a thing that said, oh, so-and-so comics out of Hartford, Connecticut. Cool. I'll swing through. And if you got a trade that I was interested in, I'm going to pay the same price everywhere. So fuck it. Like, I think... I'm trying to think back. I, I've definitely paid for singles um, like when I was in college, but s- since graduating, the only time I've ever picked up singles is when it's free comic book day and I'll, I'll take like one or two of the free singles and then I'll walk out of the store with like five trades. <laughs> right, but that's what I'm saying. You're not paying for the singles. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not paying for the singles. You're not paying for the singles. You want to create single issues as promotional material that makes sense but the, i think everything froze oh no power through this thing yeah keep yeah, going keep cons- going can you hear me now yeah yeah okay yeah so I, I think singles as as promotional material makes total sense but anything past that you're it's easy it, on the good on the nice way to put it it's masturbatory <laughs> on the other side of it. It's, it's masochistic. Like, it, it, yeah, it is kind of masochistic. It really is. Yeah. Like, stop it. You're, you're bleeding an industry dry and you are literally pounding a fan base that at a certain point, only the saddest of us will bother to spend money on this stuff. Yeah. And the idea that, the second something like this happened, everything shut down. Should be a reminder to you that the way things are running right now are not okay. Like, yeah. I'm curious how many comic book stores are going to be back after this. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> like, yeah. paying, the un- the, paying the unemployment insurance for all of this is going to shut some of these businesses down. Yeah. 
I, I think, I definitely think it needs to change. And I, whatever lessons can be taken from this thing we're living right now need to be happening. They, they need to be, they need to do yeah. have happened like 10 years ago, but certainly now, certainly <gasps> now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I hope so. I, I, I think the whole thing is as much as I would love to get mad at diamond. Mm-hmm. And I think diamond is incredibly unfair and I can get mad at diamond about a lot of things. This one, everybody went into panic mode. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> like everyone circled the wagons and somebody at diamond went, okay, time out a second. We know if we sell these comics and we give these comics, to these comic book stores, they ain't gonna fucking pay us. Yeah. So let's <laughs> stop pretending about this and let's really figure out what we're doing. We're going to try and stop hemorrhaging money. So we're going to tell our major vendors, hey, you guys, you're not getting paid because we're not getting paid. Yeah. It's that simple. I can't, expect, I can't expect us as customers to pay for something mediocre or have disposable income when we don't actually have disposable income and pay comic book stores. I can't expect comic book stores to pay Diamond when they can't actually make any sales. I can't expect Diamond to pay Marvel when they can't actually move any books. Right. So at some point along the way, I got to figure out who's really just got to suck it the fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, And if it's the house of mouse, I don't feel so bad. I got to be honest with you. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll protect a corner comic book store before I'll protect Disney because Disney's going to protect itself. Yeah. So I think the only thing to really take out of this is like, if you have a local comic book store like third eye that is still delivering and you have the ability to spend money. And I know you're hearing about this, like support small business. This is another one. Mm-hmm. If you got the ability to do it and you've got some downtime or whatever it is, cool. You should do that. You should totally have, have third eye place of delivery. You should totally contact Phantom and have them send you some books. Like you should totally do that. I think yep. that'd be really rad of you because yep. they can use the income right now. Believe yep. me. But I beg of you, because I'm sure there's a whole corner of the fucking internet who's butthurt like there's no tomorrow about this. <laughs> Don't take it out on the comic book stores. Don't take it out on Diamond. Like, we got a bazillion other things we can fight Diamond about. This ain't it. Yeah. Yeah. This ain't it. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, like from, from my logistical standpoint, I don't know where the magic money comes from. Mm-hmm. And if you've got enough money that you can somehow magically support a comic book store on your own, cool, do that. And grandstand about how you absolutely have to have the new Conan comic right the fuck now. Cool. <laughs> be I a need my Conan number one. <laughs> be a minority of one, maybe four. Like you and the other three sad dudes can all get together and have yourself a Corona. Conan. Like I'm good. Conan. I'm good with that. Like genuinely. Fuck it. Like yeah. Okay. Fucking message the artist and have just Venmo them just the cash directly and they'll just send you the raws. Just oh, they'll man, send you the digital files. <laughs> Fuck it. 
Yeah. Sign up for their Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Sign up for their Patreon. Fuck it. Like, cause yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Find the artist, hook them up. Marvel can go yeah. screw. Now, now is the time that if you got the ability and your comic book store can do it, start checking out some other things. Mm-hmm. Start asking your comic book stores what else they recommend. Hey, I read this and this and this and this and this and this. Can you think of anything that I should be reading? Hell yeah, you should totally enjoy this. Or have you ever went back and done a deep dive of this? No, I haven't. Cool. We've got it in stock right now. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry that we don't have the new ones. Would you be interested in placing an order for these trades and let us know what you think? Yeah. Yeah, because there there's a lot of stuff on uh, Fanwood's website that I didn't of, I've never like, seen in their store. I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> I imagine that if you went on to a comic book store's website and they had the full inventory of everything in the store, the amount of like if you just said select all and just looked at their inventory, <laughs> the page counts let's say there's 35 items per page yeah i'd almost guarantee you there's probably the better part of 100 pages for a small comic book store god i can't find it but uh yeah there is this uh i went on the phantom website there's a manga where all of the ultraman villains are reincarnated as schoolgirls. you told me about this yes and i and i had no idea it existed and it's adorable and they're really cute and i would not have found that in the shop because they wouldn't have put that on the shelf Cause it's for an audience of one. <laughs> right. But, so yeah. But now, but now instead of looking for a new comic of someone you already knew, you're now branching yourself out. Yeah, for sure. Like when your favorite artist dies, you're forced. I'm not talking about comic art. I'm talking about like a musical artist. Mm-hmm. You, you think so-and-so's real, real good. Cool. Well, they did an interview, and they said, these are the artists that influence me. Well, shit, I had no idea. <laughs> and now you're going through a back catalog, and you're learning what they stole from other people, oh, yeah. what their influences are, yeah. why they sound the way they do. And you're going, fuck, this is super good. And these are digging down that rabbit hole. And next <laughs> thing you know, you're listening to classic fucking doo-wop stuff because you're like, I had no idea that so-and-so was interested in yada yada. Like, <laughs> it just, well, I'm getting, I really like Bruno Mars. Well, Bruno Mars stole a whole bunch of shit from fucking, like, I don't know. <laughs> from everybody. From Ray Charles. And yeah. What, right. Yeah. Like there's a whole song on fucking Bruno Mars first album. That sounds like a goddamn Ray Charles song from the blues brothers soundtrack, the shake a tail feather. And yeah. then you could go back and you could go back and listen to Ray's catalog. And then you're like, well, fuck Ray's really good. And then you're like, well, fuck, I need to learn Ray's story. Well, now all of a sudden you're watching a fucking Jamie Foxx movie. Thanks. Mars. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe do a little back research and spend this time broadening your interest it doesn't like i'm not saying that your interests have to be a mile wide and an inch deep but they also don't have to be a fucking well right right you can genuinely enjoy a goddamn like lock nests of of interests and still have a good time yeah there's a ton of comics out there go find your nessie 
You got to search through a lot of <laughs> fucking comments. Find your Nessie. Find your Nessie. Find, uh, find your Ultraman schoolgirl comic. <laughs> yeah. Jamie found it. It's so cute. It's so cute. Jamie didn't know about that. Venn- like, genuinely, take a second and just go, what's my Venn diagram? Yeah. Yeah. I like dumbass Kevin Smith jokes and I sure as shit love Spider-Man, but I've never read Deadpool for some fucking reason. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Now's the time. Yeah. I might as well. Like, um, yeah. I don't know. So, so yeah, I, 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 I think, I think besides fixing the comic book industry and supporting, which, which it's something want, I can totally do. No which problem. We want, I got this. Which we want. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to stretch it out now and I'm going to get up in the morning, right? I'm going to do some <laughs> deep lunges and then I'm going to start putting together a bit of a flow chart. I got this. No I problem. Mean, I, I think the consignment idea could work. I just don't I, know. I think it's a losing business because I think trades are losing, or, or sorry, not trades. I floppies. think single issues are losing business. Yeah, floppies. Yeah, like floppies. If, if we were talking about a genuine trade sort of thing, I'd set up a, a consignment union style business to support everybody and be able to create some sort of national database to be able to help move, move comics without a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like no question, but yeah. Until, until comics changes how it operates. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks bro. Also we need fuck you money. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. I gotta be honest. Like <laughs> again, I go back to some. This is the trade-off. A billionaire isn't gonna do anything altruistic like this. They're, yeah. they're just they're not. Like it. We we got to get Bill Gates into comics somehow. Like <laughs> yeah. if he could stop trying to solve <laughs> malaria and get into single issues, we could genuinely turn this comics industry around. The, the thing is that like. Bill Gates could cough up his pocket change and it would change like that. And it would, it would, it would fix our industry. Would it? Well, would it? Well, we could set up the system at least we could set up this. Right, but I don't know. Like, cause here's the thing. All I'm doing is putting a bandaid on the diamond problem okay. because all I'm doing is solving the problem of dumb fuck comic stores over ordering shit and overextending themselves. Right. So all I'm really doing is giving life support to bad businesses. <laughs> yeah. What I'm not doing is competing with Diamond and telling these comic book stores, hey, I've ordered this much. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to order this stuff. You're going to order it three months in advance. Or sorry, I'll, I'll get pushier. You can order it, let's say, two months in advance. Mm-hmm. And I'll eat the rest of them. But the bottom line is, what is yours is yours. Right. There's no buyback option. Yeah. How am I any different from diamond? And yeah, that's true. Until we take this single issue floppy thing out of there and we start talking about moving books, books move. Books move. These magazines don't. Right. There's a reason why the magazine industry is slowly dying. Yeah. That's true. Like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to discredit anybody or anything else like that. Like I used to read magazines as well, but like you're seeing it even with large magazines, Motor Trend. 
It's getting Motor Trend makes the majority of their money now. Well, they make the majority of their money now from their media content, from doing television shows. Mm-hmm. The magazine doesn't make them really any money anymore. There are people out there who are still ordering Motor Trend and they're still reading Motor Trend. But bottom line is, is they're making money from things like a deal with Discovery. They have their own Motor Trend app that they have a deal where they are buying exclusive automotive content. You, you know how you watch Orange County Choppers anymore? No. Like American Chopper? Is that you still on? Buy, you buy the Motor Trend app or access to the Motor Trend library for $5 a month, and then you watch it either on their website or through Amazon Prime. Are they back? Like, is the show no. back? Well, I mean, technically speaking, I think yes, but I'm talking about like the old catalog. Oh, the old, like the oh, old catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the old seasons of Top Gear, same thing. Motor Trend is essentially going behind. They got basically, like the media company got purchased by Discovery. So oh, Discovery wow. Channel is using Motor Trend as a front, creating their media market, and then backlogging catalogs of stuff, and then taking all of their automotive content, and then combining it all together. Wow. Right. That's genius. <laughs> it's fucking genius. <laughs> and you're like, and you're narrow casting to an incredibly specific market of saying, hey, there are car guys out there who want to watch these shows and they used to watch them on YouTube, but we can't make the real YouTube money. So we're going to ditch the YouTube model yeah. and we're going to say, hey, are you guys willing to basically do a magazine subscription a month at $5 a month and you have access to all of our backlog and we'll provide you with monthly content? Ugh. That's genius. You're talking to somebody who paid for it. Yeah. That's like, genius. I still do. Genius. <laughs> it's, it's totally genius. That's fucking genius. They, they tease this content concept with putting all the shows out on YouTube and then they went to a monthly program and they're essentially doing a subscription-based service just like they did, but instead of doing magazines, they're doing television. They're still Should've doing got, media. Should have gotten to Cars, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, cars instead of it, comics. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it, it's it's a weird thing. But anyway, the, the point I guess I'm trying to make is until the comics industry realizes that the single issues are going to be something that is going to disappear or it's such a boondoggle it's not worth having anymore, Yeah, it's not going to kill comics. I'm sure there are some people out there who are like, the second you kill single issue floppies, you kill comics. Fuck off. I, I am so much more willing to buy a, a trade of something trade. that I've never seen yep. than a single that I've never seen. Because even, even if it's bad, I can still appreciate the whole fucking story. And like, I, you know, and- frankly, I would rather hand you $20 for a full book that you actually showed me that you can create a full cohesive book yeah. than this single issue shit. Because I don't think you can tell an issue. I, I don't think you can tell a story in 24 pages. Yeah. I don't know. I genuinely don't. Yeah. Nope. So get the fuck out of here with that. Leave the single issue shit. Leave the 24 pages. Leave the staple comics yeah. to the people who are at SPX. Oh, yeah. Even to the small press people. Yeah. I will buy let, a let single issue do- off of someone at SPX for sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, let, that's different. That's different. <laughs> let floppies be the sign of an indie creator who doesn't have the bandwidth or capability to get a book deal yet. Mm-hmm. I like that. Let that be the calling card of somebody who's genuinely got the hustle. You want to do that? Sure. But I will never, from this point until the end of my days, spend money on single-issue comics. I have no interest in it. I don't care how good it is. Until you're willing to tell me that it's a full, complete story, I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. I don't watch episodic television. I binge watch everything. <laughs> Especially Seriously. now. God. I, if I know things are on every week, I still won't watch until it's done because I want to watch the whole thing. I don't want this half a story shit. Mm-hmm. I don't watch American Idol. I don't, want the, uh, I don't watch the fucking Bachelor. I'm not interested in you giving me this bullshit like fucking reality TV cliffhanger stuff. Fuck yeah. off with that. Tell the story or get the fuck off my dick. Like, tell the story. So, in turn, anyway, don't beat up on Diamond. Don't beat up on the comic book stores. If you want to beat the fuck out of Marvel, so long as you're backing my play, be my fucking guest. I'll <laughs> gladly hold your flag like I'm good. But yeah. I, you know with the way that, that the market is set up right now with the way that everything happened, I think everybody circled the wagon. And I think unfortunately this is the best option for everybody. Unless we were all willing to stay open and all willing to spend money like we normally would. Okay. Yeah. You know, if we were in a scenario where people just had to sit home more often and comic book stores were making killing because people just were captive audiences and, and we were buying issues and everything else like that. Sure. Okay, cool. Let's, Let's start talking about an issue with Diamond not being able to back everything yet, but that ain't the case. Yeah. And I'd be willing to bet dollars or donuts that of the people who are out of work right now or of the people who are essential, who don't have the extra income right now or the time to read comics, I bet a large majority of them are comic book readers. Yeah. I bet that Venn diagram of people who had to either be out of work and are scraping money together to be able to make rent and pay for groceries or the amount of people who are essential workers who don't have the time to do it right now. I'd be willing to bet a large majority of that Venn diagram are people who buy comic books. Mm -hmm. And I'd be willing to bet that a place like Phantom if they were open right now or had strictly online stuff, they're maybe making 30% of what they would normally make when they're open. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet that the third eye van is probably the owner and maybe one other employee helping them put orders together. And I'm betting it's only the owner. Yeah. I'm betting that owner's willing to go, hey, I own this place. This is my property. Technically, I can be here. I don't have anyone else working for me. I've got the website open and people are placing orders and he's going back to this, he or she is going back to the store and fulfilling the orders and packing them up and setting around on Google Maps and trying to figure out the best place to go. And they're hustling right now to be able to make any bit of scratch because they don't have the ability to file for unemployment. Yeah. 
I hate I hate all of this, Brandon. <laughs> Dude, this is the way it works, man. This is the way this is the way we're set up. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, genuinely, if you have the ability to support some of these small businesses, you should totally do it because these people are probably hustling more than they ever have. And if you've got a genuinely good comic book store that treats you well, that has staff that is really rad, and hopefully that staff will be able to come back when all this is over, and hopefully those employers will say, hey, look, go home, file for unemployment, go try and find a job somewhere else if you can, if you got to work Walmart for whatever it is for a short period of time, when all this is over, I'll let you know when I'm starting to make enough money that I can hire you back. I want you back. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that we're all in this position, but this is the way it works. Cool. You should totally go and support those small businesses. Yeah, for sure. But, I don't know, man. Shit ain't winning. It ain't, it ain't a winning program. No. Nah. Well, on that helpful, happy note. <laughs> <laughs> As I as I completely tear the room down with an even longer podcast than we did the last time. Was it? oh holy shit! I didn't even look at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well then. Yep. Um, uh, Brandon Chalmers. Besides, right here at home, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, hanging out with my my loving girlfriend and my dog Seuss. Uh, it is at that guy Chalmers, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm seriously debating setting up an Instagram for my dog. You should. I do don't it. know why. You should do it. It will bring I, you I, joy. I feel like It'll such a fucking Karen. You should. Do I know. It. I'm. I'm thinking it. about doing it just for that. That the, so, happy, uh, the happiness, Brandon. People need pet photos in this dire time. I, I know. So uh, keep an eye out. I'll. I'll figure out what it's going to yeah. be. It'll probably be like I'll see if I can get like Seustagram or something like that up. Seustagram. <laughs> yes. People love. Yeah. People love pet photos. People, people do pets, love pet photos. Love pet people photos. Love dogs. People who don't have pets love pet photos. It's a win win. Yep. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong. And uh, Seuss is a very handsome boy, so Love I get it. this. Love it. God, dumber than the fucking bag of rocks. Jesus <laughs> Christ! That boy bumped his head on <laughs> one of the drawers. I open up the fridge. Right, I'm crouched down, getting a thing of eggs out of the bottom of the fridge, and I hear bonk, and I look over. The door was wide open, and it wasn't moving. And he managed to hit a stationary door. Not with the top of his head like he was down sniffing and then picked his head up. No, no, no. He stuck his head in the fridge and then didn't realize that once the door is there, it won't move. It's a stationary object and smacked the side of his head up against one of the the drawers. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, that needs to be on Instagram. It's it's a good thing he pretty like genuinely. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. I, I I love him, but Jesus, it is a good thing he's pretty. He's just so happy, bonk. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's just, so great. Wow. Yep. Anywho, um, yeah. So Jamie to get you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Spotify now. What the fuck is that about? <laughs> and Apple Music. And Go Apple ahead music. and type into all of your music <laughs> services. If you've got more than one, now's the time oh, to do it. Now's shit. the time to rate it. Oh, type Jamie God. Noguchi into your Apple Music service. So I got funny. it. I got so it brought funny. up right the fuck now. So fucking funny. It's uh, good. <laughs> Uh, Instagram, Jamie Noguchi, uh, Twitter, although I would avoid me on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's, mm, angry Zen master on Twitter. If you like angry, if you like the angry, <laughs> just, <laughs> mm. 
And then, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, we'll catch you uh, yep. next week. Sounds good. Bye. Later, kids. Stay safe. Stay home. It's 2020, and we find ourselves socially distancing from each other to flatten the COVID-19 curve. But some people don't get it yet. So if you're out for a walk or buying necessities at a store, and you see someone heading your way, and they're getting just a little too close, close. I want you to look that fucker right in the eye and tell him straight up. Get the fuck away from me. 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 Stay away. Get the fuck away from me. Speed. Get the fuck away from me. Get the fuck away from me. Now stay inside. 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 Now wash your hands. Wash them. 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 Get the fuck away from me. 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 Thank you for listening to this public service announcement. Remember, this is not a hoax or some liberal plot. This is some serious shit. So stay safe and keep your grandma alive. Good night and good luck.